Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? You listen to I Hate This Team. My name is Aaron Warner, and my co-host is Stefan Heck. Stefan, what's up? What's up? It's good. It's good to be here. We were, uh, you know, we were. We, I don't know if everyone knows this. I know we posted about it in the Discord, but we were going to be hanging out this weekend, uh, and and obviously we couldn't. But yeah. It all did kind of work out in the end, I think. Yeah. So anyone that didn't know, and also like thank you to anybody that like helped support me. My uh, yes, my little kitty cat Hubie Hubert. He uh, went to the vet like a little over a week ago last Friday. So he'd been a little freak. He was like licking the top of the stove and like my work boots after work and stuff. And we're like, hmm, maybe he has pika. It could be anemic. Like I wonder if there's something in his diet. They did blood work and he was uh, extremely fucking low and had to like go to the ER. Uh, long story, he was in ER for five days or five nights, had to have three different blood transfusions and, uh, cost a lot of money. Um, (laughs) it was like 10 grand worth of like hospital stays and like we'd saved up a bit, um, for like rainy days and like, you know, pet emergencies, but not that much. Uh, and he got diagnosed with this disease called FIP, which is like feline infectious something or other. I don't know. Um, usually, and up until a few years ago, it was like a death sentence. It was like, you have days, maybe a month to live. Um, lots of the times it just went to euthanasia or whatever. Yeah. Which Hubie isn't old. He's like, he turns two on Halloween. So we really weren't expecting this for like at least another decade. Right. Um, but my vet was like, you should join this Facebook group called FIP warriors. And basically says like, I can't legally prescribe it to you, but there's a medicine that exists it's like trial unregulated. Um, and uh, yeah, it will probably save your cat's life, but you got to fucking go on and join a Facebook group in order to get it. And which, get basically like going underground and getting like black market shit. Yeah, like. no, it's like the, the story's crazy. There's a big article in the Atlantic about it. There's this guy that was doing like early, I think, HIV testing on like monkey stuff. And they found mm-hmm. like this antiviral, but the the scientist was like a big cat lover and he wanted to do something for FIP and he ran this clinical trial, um, found it was like in his trial, it was like 80% effective. It was a pretty small sample size of like 40 cats, but like Mm -hmm. they were blown away and like, didn't think like any antiviral could be this, uh, effective. Right. But the patent holder wanted to use it as an Ebola drug didn't work. And then they thought it could be a COVID cure. Um, In fact, like the molecule that we have to give him is like what happens with the drug that Trump took when he got COVID. Remember that? He got like that injection and it's like reverse it all or whatever. Yeah. And I guess the patent holder is afraid that it uh, like further testing to get it approved for like veterinary purposes could find things that would get it not approved for COVID treatment. And like, I guess in the pharmaceutical world, the less testing you can do to get something approved, the better. And so they're right, like, cause you do, you don't want people to know about the side effects. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, fuck them cats. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to try and, uh, make it a COVID thing. And so I guess there's like Chinese black market, uh, shit going on where they're like, fuck y'all, we're going to produce it without your patent. And, um, yeah. So like this Facebook group, it's seemingly like, rogue vets doing it anonymously because it's like they think it's bullshit that they can save so many animals and like uh the veterinary college in alberta they released a memo saying like hey you guys can help guide patients through taking this treatment and you can even like help them administer it if like the person wants you to yeah but you just can't like prescribe it and sell it to them so it's kind of like a gray area right now i think Right. Um, there's a part of me that gets anxious about like, oh my, I'm like a, I'm like an underground fucking criminal now, just <laughs> saving my cat. But like, 
Well, I'm a bad boy. Um, that's awesome, though. I mean, it's it's so like you know, man. I, when, when he was like in the hospital, and we were like worrying that he had like bone marrow cancer or something. Yeah. The the treatment I didn't think was going to be fucking Dallas Buyers Club for my cat, but <laughs> yeah, here we are. Um, we we thankfully very grateful. I know some people from this community um, reached out uh, and supported. We did a GoFundMe, and it like blew past the cost of uh, his medication and it kind of eased off the, uh, the, the financial burden on us from like all those different blood transfusions. So yeah, thank you everybody there. And then we did a charity stream on Friday, helping save uh, some other cats that don't have owners with a couple of podcasts and a Twitter following. So that was yeah. really nice positive too. So that's why we're not in Penticton. Yes, um, but we'll, we'll be there next year. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I'm really sad I missed the karaoke. I was really I know, looking forward I saw, to that. I saw Faber's karaoke. It was really good. Yeah. It's like, I know it's not, but it looks like it's like just in this like well-lit Boston pizza, which makes it seem even like more fun to do. <laughs> I think that's essentially what it is. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's just like a little like brew pub kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been a lot of fun to be there, obviously watching the games and stuff. But, you know, some things are, are more important. And I yeah. think we'll, we'll, we'll be there next year. Let, let's think, let's so. kick off on that then. So, mm-hmm. Uh, we did watch the, uh, the young stars game against the flames. Yes. I, I kind of half much watched of a game, it to be yeah, honest. No, for the first two periods, I was making chicken adobo, which really good. Didn't know it was yeah. that easy to make from scratch. Uh, and I sat down and like actually watched the third period. So I don't know if I have like a ton of analysis based on what I saw. Like it's tough. Cause like Calgary didn't really send any of their top prospects other than like Hanzek and like Coronado, I guess. Like, yeah. They're missing a few of their big guys. So, but like, then again, so were the Canucks, right? Yeah. So, the, the Canucks were kind of smurfing. Like, it's you more had, that they had a bunch of like older professional guys, but like Aiden yeah. McDonough is like almost 25, right? Yeah. So, and like Akita Hirose also yeah. like could potentially be the 6D men for the Canucks this year, professional yeah. experience. Like, even Cole McWard and Aturatu have like scored NHL goals. Yeah. And like, yeah, like Philip Hansen, uh, who didn't look amazing, but like he played in a men's li- like they've a lot of yeah, players. Yeah, it's like a year league, of SHL so. experience. Like, yeah, and like Jeremy Colleton like knows a lot of these guys, obviously, and like he's he seems like the type of guy that will be the Canucks head coach at some point because like Talkit is like sixty something, right? So like, is he that? He I, looks great for sixty. I know. Oh yeah, he looks fantastic. Um, I was watching the Canucks in Cars thing with him and Adam oh yeah, Flood. I didn't see that. And, uh, I mean, they're both like really like well-spoken, interesting guys. And like, it is, I, I know, I know it's like, it's basically being tricked by ownership to be like, oh, big name coaches, you know? But like, I do love that Adam foot is our, is one of our coaches, it's cool. you know? Cause I grew up watching him being like, man, I wish he was on our team. He's just kicking our ass all the time. Well, like, I remember that Gonchar was something, as well. Like, yeah, that you know. was something with, with Carson Susie and a reason why he wanted to go to Vancouver. And I guess he like took less money to do it or less term or something. Oh, wow. Was he okay. wanted to work with Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar. So wow. there's yeah. got to be like something to that, I would think. For sure. Like, obviously, yeah. there's the the Wayne Gretzky head coach example. But like, I feel like Foote is like I, his skills are more translatable because his whole thing was he was just like a stay at home defenseman. Right. So totally. Like, yeah. Whereas Gretzky was just like, oh, like the best player of all time. And it's like, yeah. oh, just just score like 500 goals or whatever. You know, easy. it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but was there anyone that when you were watching the the game against Calgary was like a lopsided 7-1 Calgary had 11 shots. And did anyone like particularly stand out to you that was that I was good? McWard, Mick Ward looked pretty good. Yeah, um, he was. That was like, I mean, he looked okay with the Canucks in the NHL, but like, it's hard to get a feel in those games that don't really matter. Um, not that these games matter much more, but mm-hmm. he looked he looked solid, and I think he'll be like a good call up this year, probably. But yeah, um, yeah, I liked and then uh, the, Bruce the, 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 Yeah, I was gonna say him because he was their second rounder this year, or third rounder, or whatever. The second, and, uh, oh yeah, third rounder that was like projected to be a, a second rounder. Yeah, and he looked. Uh, he looked good. He he he's he looks like he could play some NHL games. I think so. Yeah, again, no, he looks, from one game. Yeah, no, still he looked very calm, moving the puck, and again, like yeah. not a great quality of competition. But yeah. like his his transition behind the net, I thought it looked really nice. Yeah, um, I was a little bit disappointed that the guys that I wanted to really pop didn't pop as much. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing like one really good shift from. Ratsu, Baines, and Bloom. They were playing on a line. Yeah. Uh, 
but eh, Peter Rose. Baines, I think, will be good in the NHL this year. I, I hope he gets some games. Yeah, he'd be like a great late season call up if they they need it, assuming that he does play play well. Um, yeah. Uh, who who else? I just wanted to see more from Klimovich as well. He's such a weird prospect because he's just got like such a good shot and he's got such good puck skills and stuff, but then he's just like so raw still. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think one thing I am looking forward to this year. Oh, there's there he is back there. There's Hubie. Oh yeah, okay. there he is. There he is. How's he taking the injections? Uh, this it's kind of weird to say, but of like all our cats, we're luckiest it was him that got this horrible disease. Okay, yeah. because he is like easily the most agreeable. And That's also good. like the most food motivated. So okay. we, you know those little like gogurts for cats, the cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We get one of those out, and he does not give a fuck that he is getting an injection wow. until like the very end of it. He's just like That's really good. He just cares about eating his little treats. So wow, Hell and he's yeah. like the easiest one to like pick up and doesn't mind. Is being he like handled, the smallest so. of all your cats too? Well, I guess, no, so, like... he's he's the biggest. Um, oh wow, okay. And that's uh, that was like the other thing is like. I started getting a little bit concerned with the the licking the stove thing because I was paying him like, you feel kind of skinnier, buddy. Like, what's going right. on? Have you been on like a diet? Um, but no, he just, I guess, wasn't eating as much because of his uh, horrible viral infection. Man. Uh, um, but yeah, um, the AHL, like I am excited for the AHL Canucks this, uh, this year because I think, you know, Josh Bloom's going to be on the team probably. You uh, hope, Bain, yeah. Baines will get a bigger role. Klimovich. Probably Ratu, um, assuming he doesn't have like a huge camp. The thing with Ratu that does worry me is he's really not a good skater. No, and you you were you would hope and like what everyone's been saying is like that it's fixable and you can work on the steps. And if he has a big off season, and I yeah. I didn't see that explosiveness <laughs> or whatever that you would want. He's getting like he's getting caught by like WHL guys, right? And it's like yeah. he's really good at pretty much everything else, you know. And he seems like a really smart player. But the skating is not good, which, so hopefully they can get around that. But which, like, especially if you want him to play center at an NHL level, yeah. that's going to be a real problem. And I know, like, I've heard from, like, I think Drance and stuff that internally that it is a concern that is is he a long term center or would he be more suited to being a winger? And if yeah. he is suited to being a winger, uh, that bites because there's like nothing coming up in the uh, the center position yeah. right not not i'm trying to think of who else it would be other than Ratu. like no there's no one like there's like literally no one I, max sasson i guess yeah he looked pretty good yeah he looked fine but i mean um, he's like a, a, a an ncaa signing it's not like high pedigree draft pick I and mean, you're not seeing him on any like top 10 canucks prospects list so god yeah i'm just looking through their their list of prospects and Ratu is like the only center on there pretty much. Yeah. I was like surprised that they didn't take more stabs at centers uh, at this last draft. Like I know like they wanted to focus on D men, but in the later rounds, it seemed like there wasn't really a a focus on that at all. So maybe that'll be the the draft this year is they'll only draft centers. It's like they, that would be, I mean, that works too. Centers and, and right D like just, just do that for two or three seasons. And if you just hit on like two or three of them, you're, you're in a great spot, but the guy that I'm interested in, and I, he's not. I don't think he's. I, I, if I didn't, I didn't see him on the ice. If he's here, he did. He was really not noticeable. But um, the uh, uh, the athletic did their top ten Canucks prospects. The Kudryatsev guy. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't uh, play. No, he's in. He, he's, the he's OHL, there, but he didn't play. Oh, okay. Um, All right, yeah, but he's yeah. he's playing for the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL. Yeah, and they had him ranked sixth. Uh, uh, Harmon and, and Drantz had him ranked sixth. They and love th- his ass. It's a seventh round pick in 2022. And like, I think th- people are right that you, with prospects who are picked that late, you are hesitant to rank them that high, even if they had a great year. Cause you're like, wow, right. and it's still a seventh rounder. Right. But like, he seems like he's doing quite well. Well, it's what they were saying on the radio this week was, and I've seen this like written in other prospect rankings for the Canucks as well, that mm-hmm. the guy that won the best defenseman in the OHL last year, that the Ducks prospect. Was that, was that Lacombe? Uh, no. Or Luno? Uh, fuck. 
Ooh, I guess they, they have, just they, have like, they, they have so many. Yeah. Um, OHL best. Because Zellweger defenseman. was WHL. They had they had I think three defensemen who were all nominated for best defenseman in like the CHL or whatever. Like they have yeah. such a sick defensive core. It's insane. Anyways, if he goes up to the uh, the NHL, uh, Pavel Mintyukov. Oh, Min- Min- yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll be in the AHL or the or yeah. The NHL so assuming this year, he doesn't go back to junior, I guess the Kudratsev guy is like yeah. the the front runner to win defenseman of the year, and he won it for like his conference, I believe. Wow. Uh, I get big skates well, does all the right things. So I hope he plays in the game today and we can see yeah. him there and get like a better, better idea. Um, well, what, so what they said here in, in the athletic article, that's interesting to me about like a, a, you know, seventh round pick is basically like, so over the course of last season, uh, Kudryatsev established himself as one of the best defenders in the OHL to hit that level, to spike that significantly as a player in your age 19 season. That's the sort of thing that can foreshadow a prospect having serious upside yeah. well above and beyond what the draft capital used to select a player might suggest. So yeah, I mean, it is, it is tough to be like, cause you don't want to be that fan. Who's like, Oh, this seventh rounder is going to be yeah. huge for us. You well, know? He's also I mean, really I, young too, right? Yeah. He's, he's 19. Um, I, I think he was fairly young when they picked him and like, I, I remember getting hyped up for like, um, God, that Finnish prospect they picked who was like, f- like five foot six or whatever. Um, let me let me see if I remember. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Once you say the name, I'm sure it will. Uh... Let's see here. It was in uh, oh Petrus Pamu uh, in 2017. He played for the Owen Sound <laughs> attack. He was five six. And I remember being like, oh, this is a, this is the type of player you want to take a swing on. You know what I mean? Like, he's like a small guy, but he he's maybe got some untapped offensive potential. And like, you know, he played 12 games in the AHL, had one assist. <laughs> and then now he's he's playing in Sweden. And like, you know, he's made a career for himself. He has five points in three games in, uh, in Finland now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played between, yeah, Germany, Sweden, Finland. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, those are the types of players that you do get excited for. And yeah. like, I remember getting excited for prospects like this in the past but i feel like if drance and, and Harmon are, are saying like you can be excited for this guy that's that's a good yeah sign. six feet 201 pounds uh he is 19 now and he doesn't turn 20 until february so he's like a real late birthday yeah. as well so pretty cool hopefully i mean we got to get lucky one of these days right we're due for Law like, of averages. We're due for a really sick late round pick. It's been it's been a while. I mean, when when was the last like insane late round pick for the Canucks? Really? Like, I'm just, <sighs> was it Edler? I mean, McDonough has gotten some NHL games. He was a yeah. seventh rounder. But like, if, if we're talking like actually getting a career, um, Adam Gaudet, you know, 218 games as a fifth rounder. Okay. Um, yeah. Fors- Forsling, you know, he's he's quite good. Three hundred eighteen yeah. games, top four NHL D man. He was a fifth rounder. Obviously, never played for the Canucks. Uh, you know, Ben Hutton, fifth rounder, uh, four hundred sixty eight games in the NHL. And then, yeah, you really have to go back to, in terms of like playing most most of their career with the Canucks. It is Edler, I think. I'm just yeah. looking. Yeah, two thousand or our Hansen actually was before that. Hansen. Yeah. Edler was a third rounder. Obviously. Over a thousand games played. That's huge. But he was a third rounder. Yannick Hansen was a ninth rounder. That round doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> God, that I, was almost twenty years ago. Now that'll be twenty years ago. Uh, this upcoming draft. That's really depressing. Holy fuck! <laughs> God damn it. <clears throat> that was a, <clears throat> excuse me. That was a really good draft for the Canucks. Oh, yeah. that was an incredible draft. Hansen, Edler, and Schneider. And even Mike Brown, who played 400 games, yeah, you know, as like a as like a tough guy. So, oh man, God, that was the year after some of Kessler the was drafted. We're fucking <laughs> old, man. Some of the drafts earlier. I mean, we've we've gone through hockey DB, and like, I think it is kind of fun to determine like what really is the worst draft in Canucks history. And I think you can make a case for the Ulevi draft based on how bad they whiffed on that yeah. pick. But 2007. To, oh, so 2016, they had the fifth overall pick. They drafted Ulevi, obviously one of the worst busts of all time. Horrible pick. Yeah. Um, they got Lockwood, uh, who I think is on the Rangers now. If uh, assuming no, he's like, I don't signed think with them, I don't know. Him. Okay, so he's probably like a free agent or like a PTO guy. And like you know, he's 28 games played, and then nothing from anyone else. But in fairness to them, 
they had no draft capital that year because it's the fucking Vancouver Canucks during the Jim Benning era, so they yeah. didn't care about draft picks. So they had Ulevi at fifth overall, and the next pick wasn't until Lockwood in the third round, and then fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh after that. So they had no picks. That's a horrible draft, obviously, but they had nothing to work with to start with, really. Yeah. Then you look at 2010. They had nothing to work with there either, right? Because that's back when they were a good team, and you know they shouldn't have draft picks at that point, really, right? Yeah. So... They got one game play that was Alex Friesen. God, I remember these guys. Jesus Christ. And but I remember being excited for like Adam Polasek. I remember being excited for Patrick McNally. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Um, and then and then the 07 and 02 drafts are just brutal. 07, yeah. I think 07 was the Patrick White year. Yeah. And Taylor Ellington. I think yeah. given who else went in that draft, I think 07 might be their worst draft of all time. But man, you look at the 2002 draft. That is a okay. Disaster. What was 2002? Who was there? Kirill Koltsov, who I remember being excited. Oh for. yeah. Well, he was—he was the guy that was like on the team list forever. Yes. Yeah. But man, I mean, Matt Violin, Ilya Krakunov, Rob McVicker, Lucas Mensator, Brett Skinner. I remember sort of yeah. being excited for Brett Skinner. Mark Andre had, Waugh. Yeah, they had uh, nine, ten. They had eleven picks. So they had eleven picks in the 2002 NHL entry draft. Which, if I recall correctly, was not a great draft. Um, if you look at like, well, actually, there were some, there were some decent play. I mean, that's a Rick Nash, Duncan Keith. There, there were some decent like late round picks there. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a, that's not a, that's like an average draft, I think. But they had twelve picks. Sorry, 12, 11 picks, and they got twelve games played total. <laughs> like that is pretty good. You have to like try. I mean, the two thousand draft as well. I, I mean, it really is just going back and like looking at. Oh it. man, the Nathan Smith draft. That's a really rough one as well. But again, I think that was not a great draft either. There was kind of that period well, in like the okay, late in 90s, 2000, They did get Brandon Reed, which okay. is blowing my mind that he only played 13 NHL games yeah. with how like <laughs> canonical of a character he is to me. God, um, dude, it's so crazy going through the 90s Canucks and just looking at their like the first pick in each draft. <laughs> and Brian Allen, who granted played 720 yeah. games, but like, you know... Uh, let's see who else was picked. Like, oh, that was actually a really shitty draft. It's, Jesus Christ! That's, well, they got Chubaroff. They got Yarko oh, Rutu. That's a really bad draft. Okay, maybe the Brian Allen pick isn't so bad in retrospect. But yeah, Rutu Chubarov. That's that's a good draft. I think, yeah, I, considering I, how bad that draft. I is. like that. But then you look at like '97. Their first pick is Brad Ferentz, right? God, who only had 250 games, which I mean, is nothing to shake a stick at. But oh, J- Josh Holden, who I think, in fairness, had. Really bad injury problems, but still. Uh, Chris McAllister. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that draft that was, was actually pretty round. good for them because they got Schaefer and Brent Sopel. But, like, yeah. oh, man. I, they you got just the Olin really, draft. That's a good draft. You get Bill Muckolt, Tyson. Oh, I didn't know they drafted uh, Tyson Nash. Dave yeah. Scatchard, I remember him. Matias Olin, obviously. Scott Walker in the 93 draft. I mean, they, just a bad draft Who history. Who the fuck is Liber Polisek? That was this is ninety two. I was just a little ass kid, but I I know him just as a huge uh, bust for the Canucks, basically, just like a famous bust for the Canucks because mm-hmm. he never played an NHL game at twenty first overall. Um, man, it's, it really is rough just looking back through all these <laughs> these draft years and everything. And we'll do the same thing, you know, ten years from now with with these prospects as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch the game today. I'm tentatively more excited for the Canucks uh, prospects now. I think EP Ringside has their prospect pool ranked like 20th, which like, you okay. know what? That's a step up. That's they're they're moving towards the middle, you know. If Yeah. If, if now, next year wait, we can be ranked in the top 15 cuz Lakaramaki is having a hot start, well, right? Here, here's the shit thing. Uh is that you know who's like higher than us in the EP Ringside draft oh, rankings? Like every team in the like Pacific. Edmonton, Calgary, yeah. Winnipeg, like, and they've also had way more success. Yeah. Right. It's like not, there's it's the, not the funny good. thing about the Oilers is like, they haven't been trading their first round picks when they probably should be. And then they yeah. do it and they pick up, um, Eckholm and it's like, Oh wow. Look how good I think we can the Oilers be. If we the move one our capital. Might be lower than them. Actually. Let me see. Yeah. So they have the Oilers at 31. Oh uh, really? And EP ringside. Yeah. Um, well, Hmm. Uh, fuck uh, me then. But Calgary is ahead of them. I think Calgary's 18. So they have, they have Vancouver at 20, Calgary at 18, Winnipeg at 17. Um, 
yeah, the Kraken are number nine. Um, you know, Arizona's number six. So, like, like there's, uh, but like they're right around Dallas and the Rangers, right? So like, yeah, they're they're getting that's an improvement, and like, but I mean, they, I'd much rather be the uh, the Rangers or the fucking Dallas Stars. Oh, of course, I I think Lukaramaki, if he has a huge year, that'll that'll hopefully. The thing is, again, it's not, and this is something that I struggle with even too. Is just like. <laughs> They, it, they don't exist in a vacuum, right? So yeah. like, there's other teams that have prospects too, right? And like, mm-hmm. even if Lakaramaki has a huge year, that they might not move up in the prospect rankings. But yeah, hopefully he does. He looks but, he looks like a different player. That's the thing he, with Lakaramaki, so right? Good. Like yeah. he when he was drafted, one of the like like the um, comparable players that like produced that much at his age, blah blah blah. Yeah, it was like Nylander. Awesome. Yes. You take that stab at 14 every time. For and sure. he had just such a fucking awful fucking year last year between mono concussions and I believe it was a broken foot. Yeah. So like but he had a huge playoffs. He huge had like a playoffs, point, per game, point per like game. he had a great playoffs. And like he's two goals in two games so far. Yeah, in the SHL. Winner. And they're like yeah. nice shots. Like he's finding the ice really well from the looks of things. Yeah, it's, dude. He looks good. I mean, it's really small sample size, but it feels like you can start getting excited for it. So it feels like did, a, he feels like a first round prospect again. Yeah. Like, if they if, if they it, did it, find a sniper um, that yeah. could be like top six scoring winger at 14 in that draft. Oh, boy. I like I could see at the end of this year, if, if you're ranking the prospects again, I could see him pulling ahead of Willander, especially if Willander like doesn't play a ton this year, which he might not given Boston university's depth. Well, but he, sh- he should, he might not get like I, first power play, but I think he'll be like, I, I think he'll, he'll get like minutes. top four minutes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but there's a possibility. It's like, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't like, he doesn't get a lot of counting stats this year. Yeah. And it's like, well, I think Paramount, the real has, possibility like, a is year, like, he so. pulls ahead of Ratu on those rankings. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that'll definitely happen. Um, given how Ratu looks so far, but again, such a small sample size. We'll see. I'm legitimately very excited for training camp this year. I think it's in Victoria. Yes. I want to say. Um, but that starts like when does that start? I think it's soon. Like, really soon. I think it's like uh, a week after this tournament ends or something. It starts this Thursday. Oh shit. Let's go in Victoria, September 21st through September 25th. Yeah. And then I guess preseason games will happen after that uh, or like during that as well. And yeah, I mean, that's we're it's start. It's starting up. We're here. Everything you know? is happening. Uh, a couple more things from uh, young stars. We'll move on. But uh, mm-hmm. Gatcombe's goal was fucking oh, that sick. Was nice. I didn't know where he did, had where those he types come of ga- dangles. He I don't know if he's just on an, an a- or an AHL contract. Yeah, um, that might be it. But uh, obviously young enough to uh, to play. Okay, yeah. And- a- Abbotsford signed him uh, from UConn in uh, in the NCAA. I mean, he's 24 years old. Also. Okay, so yeah, never mind. Probably not a super high ceiling. I knew he was but like could, a- could be like an AHL guy, right? Like he played. Uh, he had eight points in 45 games last year. Yeah. In the like, AHL, I remember watching so. him in some Abbey Canucks games. Mm-hmm. last year but like he never really popped to me it was just like there is a name i recognize now yeah uh but his goal was fucking badass um tolapilo only faced 11 shots we did have one really good save he, he looks like a legit like he's big he's too, fucking right? massive man i think he could be i mean he's just the type of guy you just take a swing on right yeah. just like a big european goalie just well, like, sign sign one of those guys once goalie year, draft one of those guys. last year yeah, it's it, that's the thing. Like, he'll, and he'll probably be getting a lot of starts in the AHL too. You would think because um, it seems like they are actually finally now that Trent Cole is gone, right? They're they're finally starting to focus on the AHL as like, oh, we should use this to develop. Develop, our yeah. Well, that's the other funny thing is Trent Cole was coaching uh, the Calgary team. Uh, yes. in that game too so yeah, it was like thank it god yeah yeah here loser <laughs> uh the other player that i think is interesting i think it's owen Millette. there he was the yeah. um center he's like a uh ohl like tryout or whatever yeah. who scored like over a point per game uh in the ohl and he's big and he plays center uh yeah. he did score in this game like Again, I was I was making my chicken adobo for for the first two periods, so I wasn't watching super intently. But I'm I'm hoping to see more from him today as well because if yeah. you can mine that type of value from like a prospect camp invite, great. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. But I mean, really, it's 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 been fun to watch. I mean, in seven one game, it's like it wasn't that close. Obviously, weren't they out shooting them like nineteen to one after the something first like as well? that after the first period? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the real big news from this week is uh, the Canucks.com forums rest in peace shutting down in October. Yeah. Uh, now I saw I read Patrick Johnson's article about it. Uh, nice to see seeing some names in there that I recognize from Canucks.com. Oh really? Oh yeah, I, I didn't see the article. Um, um, I'm gonna look K-Mad, this up now. Miles, yeah, some some Canucks.com legends were mentioned in there. Uh, neither of us were mentioned, of course, but well, um, that's probably for the best. But um, I think no one really seems to know what the reasoning is for it. But the interesting thing for them shutting it down, I don't think it's like money because it can't cost that much to run it. No. It's um, a, it, <laughs> If it's running on V bulletin or whatever the fuck, like I, I, I assume it's just more them wanting, like, hey, you know, come, come get on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck, get on TikTok, get on Instagram, and just like follow us all in there and like talk to us in there, because like people are moving away from forums and stuff. Obviously, like it, I, I still go on HF boards all the time. It but blew my mind that it was still like very operating. Active. Well, like, so I, I twenty I think, years after they IP banned me. <laughs> I remember I remember checking it during like the banning era and it was it made R slash Canucks look like the Algonquin round table. Like it was just like <laughs> it was just the dumbest motherfuckers alive. And they would they would straight up ban you if you were like, hey, maybe we, uh, Jim Benning's not doing a good job. They would straight up just ban you. Right. So like it was interesting to see in the article from Patrick Johnson, they were talking to, I think, one of the mods or something. And, and he was like. Yeah, in the past we've had um, executives and and like people in like management complain that people in the forums were like criticizing the team, and it's like, well, we're not gonna like do anything about that. But this must have been before Benning, because yeah. in the Benning era, you like legitimately were not allowed to criticize the team on the forum, and it was so stupid. And I I think maybe they it's the similar thing to the Canucks subreddit where you know they eventually realized, oh, Jim Benning's a fucking moron, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so they eventually realized that, but I, I, I've seen people on Twitter say the reason they're shutting it down is because they don't want the criticism, but like, I really don't think that's the case. Yeah. You're going to get it from, uh, from other, it's, worse on, it's much worse on Twitter. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, and also like, I feel like, you know, we, we are pretty good at critiquing the Canucks mm-hmm. and I would say overall, like we're like. We've been fairly positive about them the past little while, you know, since yeah. since the Boudreaux stuff happened. I mean, it's not as positive as you can be, I think, really, it's, right? I don't know. It's tough, man. Like, it's it's not that this team can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, we've spent like 30 minutes talking about the prospects and like what's coming up. And it's just really hard to see, like, how they're going to be an actual contender. Yes. At any point in the near future. It just sucks because, and I mean, how many fucking times have we brought this shit up before? But like, it really does suck that they're in a situation where they have potentially their best forward of all time. Like, I think, I think PD could be that guy. Mm-hmm. Easily their best defenseman of all time. Easily, and, yeah. And I'd say a top three goalie in terms of potentially, talent that, yeah. they've, that they've ever had. And they suck because they just, I mean, so much of it, uh, you know, coaching, I think, is like overrated in terms of how much it can really affect things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen in the past decade, I mean, we've seen Willie Desjardins like straight up lose a playoff series for the Canucks. So like bad coaching can affect you. All the turmoil off ice, all that shit, like obviously that plays into it as well. So like I part of me does kind of buy into the the idea that like, hey, this is the first like stable season they'll have had since like at least before 2020, right? Yeah. And, like, they have high-end talent. They have more depth this year. I, they seem to buy into Talkit's system. Um, you've got a good, a solid coaching staff. And I think the most important thing is that for the first time in what feels like forever, they're going into the year with, you know, stable management, and it's the management's hand-picked coaching staff. So yes. everyone is on the same page. And yeah, I think that, that will make a difference. That definitely seems encouraging and it yes. seems like encouraging enough that yeah i could see them 
getting to the playoffs. Sure. Maybe like who would have expected Seattle to win a round against yeah. Colorado? Like in that that sense, like anything can happen. It's just yeah. I guess we said this before going into the draft that they need like a perfect Dallas draft where they get like three difference makers to really be a team that could contend for a cup. And I think yeah. that's been like the rough thing about seeing like Fantilli and Bedard oh. at the uh, at the pro. I mean, at the pro- just, like so good. Yeah, and and you think like, oh man, if they if the water if that one number had been different in the lottery and they had yeah. Bedard lighting up Calgary and like he was going to be your second line center with like JT Miller on the wing, you're like, all right, we can fucking do this. Or even like, you know, had they tanked appropriately and got a little bit lucky and were able to get Fantilli or Carlson or something like, yeah, then you're like, okay, I definitely can see the path forward here. Yeah. So it's just, it really sucks how last year ended and like, they're probably not going to get a chance to get that type of a difference maker outside of more profound luck and yeah. like finding I mean, them at, you know, 17th overall, which probably isn't going to happen. Right. Yeah. And again, I think that's worst, worst case scenario for this team is for them to have a year where they start off like total shit and they're out of the playoff race and they're playing catch up the whole time. And they end up like, you know, eight points out of the playoffs or whatever. And yeah, picking 18th, the, oh, I guess it would be like, you know, picking like 13th or 14th overall. Right. And mm-hmm. like, it's a season like that. Like, I think if they're total dog shit this year and they somehow get a top five pick, like they're that bad, it's like, okay, well, I guess we're done here. You know? Yeah. Pedersen's like, gone. You're, we're we're going to trade Hughes at some... Like, it's we're just tearing it down. Like, they they would have to if they have a year that, that is that disastrous, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think they would have to. But again, the worst case is just mushy middle and not in a way where it's like... Like, if they have a Buffalo Sabres type right, year yeah. last like that Buffalo had last year where they just missed the playoffs and it's clear like oh these guys are like very close to taking the next step yeah they're on the up and up then you see Pedersen looking at that and being like okay we can take the next step next year i i feel like we have something here but mm-hmm. if if they suck ass at the start of the year again which is entirely possible they have that five game road trip right off the bat and they're playing Edmonton twice like you know uh, we've been over this so many times they've had it's yet another brutal start then, then they're just fucked. But on the other hand, I was reading an interview with Alvin, and I agree with this: is that like he's looking at it like it's, it is a challenge, obviously. But it's like if you can come out of that, if you can come out of that road trip, like, uh, you know, first six games of the year, you have the five game road trip and the home opener against mm-hmm. Edmonton. If you come out of that at like five hundred, it's like you're gonna feel good, you know, and you'll yeah. you'll move forward nicely throughout the rest of the year, right? You'll set yourself up nicely, so. I mean, this is like, we'll really, this is stupid analysis because it's like obvious, but wouldn't it be nice if they had like a Seattle Kraken type start where they could have a bit of a buffer come Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like, yeah, that would make my life so much fucking happier. Uh, here's oh, another yeah. like, this is a rewriting history thing. But would you feel better about this team if it was the exact same, but with Horvat instead of Miller? I think offensively, Miller has a much higher ceiling. Yes. I I weirdly, I would rather have the Miller contract than the Horvat contract, I think. Horvat seems like the type of guy who, and they both have that, that thing, I think, but Miller has the higher ceiling yep. as a player. And we've seen him in the playoffs. Like, I I don't know. I It's tough. I don't, I'd rather have neither contract but yeah like i was i was debating this like in my head because i think i'm a bit more sympathetic to jt miller than uh a lot of people out there i like i like the way that he plays when he's on he's a fucking magician on the power play uh yeah like he, uh, the contract bad yes too long yeah. yeah um so like maybe if it was like in a pure vacuum and there was a true 2c for the canucks i would say yeah they keep miller i guess but Horvat is just like such a true center that I yeah. think I wouldn't think the second line could potentially score as much despite his like unreal pace and how good he was in the bumper last year if he was the 2C. But it would make yeah. me feel a lot better if like, you know, an injury happens to Pedersen that like the center depth would be better and you would have like someone that can take these face offs and like is a natural in that position. Um, and you hear like what was it Tockett? Yeah, talk it was saying like they have a big, strong, shut down center in JT Miller. And like if 
Miller's going to be big playing against the Tufts. Like, I don't see his five-on-five scoring going up all that much, right? No. Like, I think in an ideal world, you would have Pedersen playing against the tougher marquee matchups because, I mean, man was seventh in Selkie voting. Like, there's something to that, right? Like, a, he has way better two-way IQ. And then you have, like, your Teddy Bluger, who... Yeah is just a defensive specialist, like, okay at face-offs, whatever, that can go out there against the other tough matchups, and you hopefully leave that JT Miller line and whoever's on his wing to feast against, like, lower levels of competition. Like, I think that's the probably the best way to go about it, but it doesn't sound like that's the way that the team is thinking of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I assume you're going to be using Bluger in some sort of defensive role, but I also assume he's going to be getting, like, 10 minutes a night on the fourth line. So how much of that are you really going to see? But yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Miller was horrible. The first half of the season, great. The second half of last season. So he's so volatile, right? Like, I know, I know. That's why they really need to start out well this year, because if, because <laughs> he's the type of player, you see the body language, right? Like it's not, ah, I don't know. We haven't really talked about Hughes being named captain. Yet, yeah, no, is, we like we should do a victory lap that. for that because yep. we were on that beat early, dating back to oh, like yeah. January. I think was when the uh, Tanner Pearson thing happened. End of January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, great pick. I I love it. I mean, I I think there's something to be said about you know thrusting a young guy into the spotlight like this this early, but he's shown that he's willing to do it. We yeah. know Patterson doesn't like talking to the media. You get that. Also, who knows if he's going to be here? Like after Hughes this year was the guy too, speaking so. up about like how he liked Pride Night, and yes. he was the person coming up to bat for Tanner Pearson, and he's yeah. a good quote, and he's a not afraid to speak his mind, and just yeah. seems like a genuinely like good guy, and like obviously we love how he plays, and I, I think it's just cool too that the Canucks have a defenseman who's the captain. Like I, I, I like haven't that. seen that yeah. in my lifetime. Their first American captain too. <laughs> I think that the Devil's Advocate take is like. They don't necessarily need a captain and like putting the captaincy on such a young player at such an age like it it is a lot of pressure and we know what this media uh group is like we know what uh the fans can be like but i think he's ready to take it on and, and, and like, if anyone can uh take that pressure i think yeah. it's i think I, it's huge when you look at the I other agree like potential candidates it would have been Miller and it would have been Pedersen. Pedersen's yeah. like, I don't want Mr. I don't want to make a headline and you don't know yeah. exactly what his future is here. And yeah. then we also know like how volatile of a player Miller is. And then especially as he ages, yeah. like you don't want 35 no. year old JT Miller wearing the C getting no. absolutely blasted by fans and media no. when he's, when he's fallen off. Right. So no, <laughs> no, I think like, if you were to name one, like Hughes is the obvious pick. And I think the only thing that would have changed if you waited a year is maybe you give it to Pedersen who like isn't as well suited. So like, yeah, I think it, it, it's the choice that makes the most sense. And like, I also kind of, I mean, I assume they'll do something at the home opener for it, but I do sort of like that. It was a more low key, just like, Hey, yeah, not like here, that. Here's, here's a bullshit. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. I, I like, I, I will say this, like, I understand if you've played for this team and everything and like, I, I, the alumni, like, I'm sure you're proud of playing for this team and stuff, but as a fan of this team, I'm fucking tired of pretending like, oh, we have like a Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs level history. We've <laughs> sucked shit for like 50 years. Like, I, I, I know what you're doing. I know it's like important to the players and stuff and everything, but I do not want to see a Horvat style thing where it's like, uh, like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't respect this team enough. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this team. No, yeah. I, I like how like the timing of it too, right? Because you know yeah. that would have been a question all throughout training camp and the speculation, and it would have been another distraction. So the fact that they did a pretty low-key announcement, media availability, and now it's like settled and they can move on with it. Like yes. if they want to do like a cool opening ceremony where they have like Nasland and Linden and Sure. by whatever like handing him a jersey or something sure cool whatever i don't care like i don't think it should distract from the game all that much um i, I think just, but like it's a it'll, the ceremony would feel different because you know who the captain is yeah, i mean exactly. we knew it was horvat but it was still like they've already announced they're it, not you know doing I mean? their jj abrams mystery box shit like no. who's raised parents which is <laughs> which is refreshing uh. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. The other thing I I with with Horvat is like when he does come back this year, do you think uh do you think they're going to boo him? I, I I'm 
I'm I'm of two minds where I think obviously he put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as as uh, as a Canuck and basically played through like the worst decade in team history and tried his hardest and you know always did go out there and give 100% and like had a couple like classic moments in, in that playoff run. Yeah, but then I that that comment he made, like I know he's it's more him trying to win over the Islanders fans than yeah, anything else. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? Like if people boo you, I'm not gonna blame them. You know what I mean? Like and I kind of want to see it happen because I sort of want to get to the point where Canucks fans are like, Oh, those guys are dickheads, you know what I mean? Instead of people feeling sorry for us. Yeah. Right? I kinda want it to be like yeah, yeah. I, you wanna, I, I, I sort of want to be more like Flyers fans in a way. You want to be the like, team with Rafi assholes. Torres on it again. Exactly. Torres I want, was so I, cool, man. I want other... Oh, he was great. I want other fans to actually hate this team. It's it's funny because like, you'll see Oilers fans and Flames fans being like, I fucking hate the Canucks. And it's like, no, you can't possibly... Well, for, there's First of all, there's that. But also, the last decade, how could you possibly hate the Canucks? Like, they've done nothing. They've had the worst lottery luck like it's just yeah, there's, it's like there's nothing to hate it's like it's point. like saying i i hate sick children at the hospital like, yeah it, that's really what it is and like they they're out of I, i've seen people on twitter and in, on forums and stuff and they'll be like i don't the canucks are like pretty likable because they other than jt miller they pretty much are right yeah um so i, I which is fine i guess for now but i i kind of want us to be that team of dickheads again yeah really no like that. i've said this a bunch of the show we have a long tradition of yarko rutus and matt yeah. cooks and rafi yeah. torres's and maxine lapierre's and ryan kessler's like that i like i like being the uh the shit heel i guess we we need more shitheads on the team for yeah. sure yeah no question but like not like Tony D'Angelo shitheads. No, no yeah. shitheads. Where like I mean, they probably are. They probably do have bad politics. I don't want to hear about them. But I just want them to be shitheads on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to see Hronik this year as well. Yes, I yeah. was. I, I was listening to uh, the radio, and uh, I guess on Evolving Hockey, Trance brought this up. Hronik mm. was like a top ten defender defensively in the league last year. Yeah, and. There's a lot to that, like it, because like the evolving hockey, like all in one encompassing stats, like it's good for a roadmap, but it's not super specific. And it wasn't like the Detroit Red Wings were this offensive dynamo, yeah, who like you know were crushing their opponents. And so he was along for the ride. They were extremely unlucky and they were playing behind a lot. So there could be some like score effects that were yeah. that were doing it, but like. And it was also it's like kind of an outlier season, him being that defensively responsible. But at the same time, it's not like a 25-year-old defenseman couldn't find another gear defensively and become like this really good high-end, high IQ defenseman yeah. uh at that age. And like when you do watch him play, his passes are so nice and he's never fucking looking. So yeah. if that's like another thing that I would make me feel a lot better about this team is if Hronik does have this like a year, another year that's as good as last year where he doesn't get hurt. And it's like, yeah. oh, this guy is a true top pairing defenseman. And then you have a Vancouver Canucks team that has two true top pairing defensemen. Yeah, that I we haven't seen that in how long since like 2012, maybe. 2011, yeah, like since, since they had you know Erhoff and and Salo and yeah yeah so, like Ham Hughes and Edler. And I guess that was like yeah. more by committee, but like yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited to see if he can sustain that. And I guess if he doesn't, like he's still going to be a top four, and that's also kind of beneficial with uh, re-signing him because he's going to be an RFA, right? Like maybe yeah. he can get away with a a five million dollar contract instead of like eight or whatever it's going to cost. For sure, yeah. Uh, Here's another question I have for you. We've talked a lot about like, fuck it, they're here now, trade the first pick. Yeah. If they were to do that, what, not necessarily what player, but like, what would you want them to acquire? I mean, I I think you go for someone like Brett Pesci. Yeah, that'd you, be great. You, I, I, mean, I, I think, I, I, I mean, I think they still need more help up front too. Like maybe you go for like a really solid like 3C or something. But I, I think Brett Pesci puts their defensive core into like, oh, this is like a legitimately good defensive core, right? Yeah. Because you have Hughes, Hronik, Pesci, Cole, Susie, 
and you know whoever else right and like i have myers i guess but uh, <laughs> who whose bonus has been paid by the way yeah uh, it hasn't been traded yet so we'll see yeah well um, the thing with the but like a brett pesci type of player i think right like i just yeah I think Carolina's probably going to trade him, and I'm sure they're looking for a first for him. The thing is, he's 28 years old. 28, right? So like, right? And, and pending yeah. UFA. But I mean, yeah. you sign like a five-year extension, even like a... Ugh. I mean, six, you're kind of mortgaging the future. But if you could have like... Instead of Hughes and, oh, we'll see if Ian Cole can take on those minutes with Hughes, or I wonder if Susie can do it. You could have like a legit good top pairing. Like... yeah. Because we know Quinn Hughes can basically drag anyone along with him and yeah. make like a good pairing out of it. Uh, he did it with fucking uh, Jordy Ben, and like he made Noah Juleson look really good, and on and on and on. But we haven't seen him with like someone that's like good. So I would love to see, love to see that for sure. Um, and I, I think I would pick a two C though. Yeah, a legit two C. I mean, yeah, I don't know I what, who you're going to be able to acquire. Like, there's not a Brett Pesci example that comes to mind. But if there was something out there like that, like that type of quality center that they could bring in, I would, yeah. I would love to see I, that as well. Because I think it would allow – because JT Miller as a winger is, like, elite defensively. So that would be really good. Like, have like him Elias, on the wing. Elias Lindholm, maybe? I don't know. You, you don't want to trade within your division, but – I'd be. I mean, you know. I'm here for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know how they'd afford to keep everybody after that, but yeah. My my like kind of a dream is that they acquire Mike uh, Backlund somehow. I know he's old, but like to have him as your like third line 3C. shutdown center or like second line yeah. shutdown center. Um, I think that could be uh really fun. But yeah, I'm bummed that nothing like no, no fireworks happen in in Calgary. Like, I know. I guess we'll see what happens this year. Like, I I understand them just like running it back and being like, well, you know, we have a good team. We lost so many one goal games last year and everyone hated our coach. So yeah. Yeah. yeah this will be a good wild card. Uh, yeah. So there are four teams right now that could take the brunt of Tyler Myers contract and they are Nashville. Yeah. Don't see why they would want to do that. Yeah. I could maybe see it. Although, uh, let's see their roster. Um, on like on like defense, because you have him as like your third pairing guy. Because like I think they're kind of in a weird spot where like are they still trying to, you know, make the playoffs this year? Yeah. I guess. But they've got like Roman Yossi, Tyson Berry, uh, Carrier, Fabro, Jeremy Lazan. Oh, they have Ryan McDonough as well. I forgot about him. Yeah. Um. Oh, and they have Luke Shin. I forgot they signed Luke Shin. Yeah. Too, so I forgot about that too. Yeah, they're like Mr. Personality at on July first. Yeah, I don't know. I it, so Nashville, San Jose, I assume is on there. Nope. No, nope. oh, really. San Jose only is like four million in cap space. Is Nashville? Oh, they'd have to trade like Uri Simic or whatever. Yeah, for it to work. I think you, you could definitely like fix something up with the cap. Though. You have the Sabers who have a million defensemen already. Yeah. So that like, yeah, they're not cross gonna, that one I off mean, the list. You have the the past history there, which might play into it. Yeah, and could help a little bit. But, and then you yeah. have Anaheim and, and Chicago. Yeah. So. I, I, Anaheim also a ton of defensemen and a ton of like young defensemen that I think they're going to want to get in. Like yeah. maybe the Blackhawks would want like more guys back there, but yeah. you know, they also want to suck as well. Right. Like there's still also Tyler Myers kind of does help with sucking ass and That's maybe true. they, maybe they trade for him early on and then flip him at the deadline too. Right. They look yeah, at it that, that way. Could work. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, like, you're still paying for it. So, like, do you want to see the Canucks just, like, piss away another second-round pick? To I think at this point, it's tough because this is such an important year for them in terms of, like, keeping Pedersen. But at the same time, it's, like, just fucking grin and bear it and just, just have one more year of Myers and get it get it done with, you yeah. know? Um, and I think that's probably the direction they'll go because it just, like you said, it, it doesn't... The teams that can trade for him, it's like, why would they trade for him? Yeah, unless they're getting paid a premium to do that, right? And the other yeah. thing with, with Chicago is if they keep this just about $13 million in cap space, mm-hmm. it compounds, right? So it would allow them yeah. to do a lot of shit at the deadline. And Kyle Davidson, Davidson certainly seems like someone that's here to juice his uh, his cap space at the deadline. So yeah. 
that would be like another limiting factor for that. So I'm not holding my breath on a, on a Tyler Myers trade. Yeah. Um, and then like, if you tr- trade him to what end, like I-, I guess to acquire somebody else better, but it seems pretty if you're bringing late bear in the back, off season yeah, to be doing I just, that. I realized I just said bear back, but if you're bringing <laughs> Ethan bear, uh, back onto the team, uh, later in the year, maybe, but yeah, it's, it, it doesn't Ugh. make sense for a lot of reasons. And, that is I mean, another I, thing I, I'm like kind of uh, nervous about going into this <laughs> season is it's not like Bear is some top line defenseman, but he is very, very, very good at retrievals. Yes. Better, way better at retrievals than Carson Soucier and Cole. And like part of the the big boost that we saw last season when like uh Ekman Larson got hurt and Shen got traded, etc. And they mm-hmm. brought up like Breezebaugh and um Hirose came in and uh Wolina, et cetera, is that like could move the puck better and the team looked better. So yeah. I think lacking Bears ability to retrieve and like get the puck out might hurt them more than we're thinking. So yeah, that sure. is another thing. If they were able to bring back Bear and Jettison Myers somehow, I would yeah. also be way more excited about the the coming season. Yeah. But uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see who wins that that sixth defenseman spot, whether it's like Hirose or Wolanin. Yeah, I mean I keep forgetting about Wolanin, but he looked really good. Yeah. So. And he I, he would be my odds on favorite for it. Yeah. Um and then probably Hirose is your seventy. And yeah, although, I'm although not I a don't Matt know if Irwin you'd... believer, but Yeah. I think Hirose they'd ra- they either want him as the six D man or playing as like the number one guy in the AHL. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's so, true. I, I, he would um, have to clear waivers yeah. though, wouldn't he? Oh, does he have to? I believe so. Cause he, he's, he's signed. He's no longer entry level. Right. Let's see. I'm on the cap friendly waivers calculator. Uh, okay. I don't see. Uh, let's see. Oh I no, he's waivers think... exempt. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, then I'm I'm totally fine with him being number one D in, in Abbotsford and being like your first call up option. I mean, it seems yeah. like how well he does in training camp or whatever, but Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just looking at players who are on like on the Canucks who are waivers exempt. Uh Nils Amon, another guy we kind of keep forgetting about too. Yeah. Uh Rose. Uh Aiden McDonough. Cole McWard. So they, they're going to have lots of like young players that they can call up. The The big issue is uh, Hoaglander is no longer waivers exempt. Yeah. Yeah. And so there ain't no kinda, goddamn way that they're going to risk that. So I think if he doesn't make the team, they're going to trade him. Probably. Yeah. But there's, so there's also like no way him. he doesn't make the team. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I keep seeing so many like roster predictions where it's like, yeah, Hoaglander's on the bubble, you know? Um, so I, you know, we'll see what happens come training camp, I guess. But, um, I guess it's late in yeah. the show to do roster projections, but like on the bubble for whom well, like Pod Colson, but the thing is Pod Colson, uh, is waivers exempt. Yeah. So they could, they'd be more likely to send. Him I down, really want to see Pod Colson just put him on the fourth line. Do they did with yeah. Bo Horvat in his rookie season when he was playing with, um, What's his name? Uh, shitty guy. Nothing <laughs> uh, more specific. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. God damn it. I forget who it was now. It was one of those like fucking old guys that Jim Bating gave too much money to. Um, uh, okay. You, have to, you still have to be more yeah, specific. Uh, fuck. Let's see if I can. Uh, okay. This would have been. What was his rookie year? Oh, or that. 15, 16. Rookie year. Was it 14, 15? Uh, was it Dorset? Yes, Derek Dorset. He yeah. played a ton of time with Derek Dorset, and they got like fucking ten to twelve minutes every night. I Do you remember re- Emerson Edom and Adam Cracknell playing forty games that season. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, but no, like give Pod Coles in like that type of deployment, and either let him like succeed or not. But like at least yeah. give him some fucking consistency, and like have him on that yeah. Bluger line, or have him play with like Pia Suter. <laughs> And just like, these are your line mates. You know what you're going to get all the time. It's not going to be like press box, 14 minutes, 
seven minutes, just like try and develop him as best you can. Yeah. And then I think that I know fucking Talkit loves Phil G. Giuseppe, but I think Hoaglander does what G. Giuseppe does, but better. So yeah. I think that's your way better option for top of the lineup, disruptive wall guy winger on that JT Miller line. Um, yeah. I guess what throws a, a wrench into it is Tanner Pearson if he's healthy. But yeah. if Tanner Pearson's healthy, something's going to have to happen. You're going to have to make a trade. Yeah, you're going to have to make a happen, trade, so. or I, I think you're going to be sending Pearson down. Um, yeah. But I guess we'll have to see how that shakes out. That'll be something fun to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I mean, the, I literally, I think the next time we record, training camp will have started. So, um, assuming we record like next weekend. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be we're we're, we're, we're finally at the time of the year where we have to record two podcasts a week. Yes, I think once the season starts, we'll be doing that again. So come yeah, October, yeah. Let, let's we'll say that once the season is, boom, back to two. Because then we can like talk about games and stuff. Exactly, we'll have a lot to talk about. Thank God. So, um, but yeah. Thanks for sticking with us through the summer, everyone. Yeah, it's been a been a been a fun ride. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, go Canucks, go! Let's crush those yeah. Winnipeg let's Jets prospects. You know, go go Canucks, go! Woo. Let's let's win some games. All right, bye everyone. I'll be alone, dancing, you know it, baby Tell me your troubles and doubts Giving me everything inside and out Love strings so real in the dawn I think of tender things when we're working on Slow change may pull us apart when the lights get into your heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me Will you stand above me? Look my way, never love me Falling, rain keeps falling down, down, down. Will you recognize me? Call my name or walk on by. Rain keeps falling, rain keeps falling down. Your defenses, vanity, insecurity. Oh, don't you forget about me. I'll be alone dancing, dancing, you know it, baby. Going to take you apart. I'll put us back together at heart, baby. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me As you walk on by Will you call my name? As you walk on by Will you call my name? When you walk on by Oh, oh, oh.
Cheers, dude.